What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. And today on the show, another episode of Power to the Pod. With the 2022 NFL Draft right around the corner, we get a fun exercise tucked in at the end as well. So plan accordingly. Let's get after it. You are Locked On Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins? Okay, so I solemnly swear to never do that again, but I always did wonder what lyrics on the intro would sound like. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Out in Las Vegas as we speak in preparations for the 2022 NFL Draft, uh, which is always a very exciting time, always a very busy time, always a very chaotic time. But you already know we're going to make time for Power to Pod this week. Uh, We are going to be tackling some of your most pressing questions, topics, hot takes, you name it. You Dolphins fans control the show. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And with that in mind... Let's get after this a little bit. First one comes from Zemlicka. We got a fair amount, but we don't have an overwhelming amount. And then we're going to do something fun at the end. So the first one comes from Zemlicka. And it is shot out of a cannon. You have to draft one, take one off your draft board, and see one go to a division rival. And it is three linebackers. Leo Chennault, Troy Anderson, and Jesse Lucetta. Chennault from Wisconsin, Anderson from Montana State, Lucetta from Penn State. Uh, I cannot stomach the idea of seeing Jesse Lucetta go to a division rival. I know him personally. Uh, I've got a chance to get him get to know him throughout the draft process. Um, and he's a scheme fan. I think I'm going to draft... Luketta. I'm going to take Chanel off my draft board for no reason, and I'll see Troy Anderson go to a division rival because I do think Troy Anderson from Montana State has the highest possible variance of outcomes. And say he goes to the Jets, right? And this is a really valuable story for all players in all situations. The stability of the place that you go to is very difficult to change. Because the only thing that offers stability in the NFL is winning. So for a team like the Jets, who have finished in last place in the AFC East for, oh, I don't know, like seven of the last eight years, that team is going to be under consistent pressure, and it's going to prompt more urgent changes. And that could result in a player not realizing their full potential. And Troy Anderson certainly has all the potential in the world. Uh, he's only played linebacker for the last two years. So Zemlicka, I, I hate... Here's the thing. I would be stoked if any of these three players is a Miami Dolphin at the end of the weekend. Stoked. So that's how you know Zemlicka got a good question, and he did his homework. Nice job, Taylor. I will read this next one from Ish, even though it is uh, gaming the system a little bit. 
Power to the Pod five-star review would give this one star, but giving it five because you said you would read five-star reviews for Power to the Pod. Another reason why I've grown to hate this podcast. Been listening a long time and slowly started to grow. Get annoyed since you took over. You tend to rant, which gets annoying when you listen every day instead of giving insight and stats like Travis used to. But the main reason I've fallen off this podcast is your obsession with the draft. I get that you started and currently work with TDN, and that's great, but reading every listener's mock draft on Power to the Pod is a waste of the time, given the amount of people who ask better questions. It's stupid to read and analyze an entire mock draft, considering it's almost never accurate since teams make picks we don't expect and changes the whole process. Okay, he also has a complaint about audio in here. Um, But this, I guess I wanted to address this part. Uh, I would love for you to know how many mock drafts I get versus the ones that I read. And I'm sorry that you do not enjoy my perspective in creating content. But my question for you would be, what else would you like me to talk about right now? Free agency is done, I can only answer the same question of which free agent center should the Dolphins be interested in right now? Which free agent running back should the Dolphins add? Who's a trade target for the Dolphins to, to be interested in? Like, There's nothing happening right now other than the off-season conditioning stuff. We have all summer and post-draft, once the roster is finalized, to get into the deeper minutiae of what this team is, what this team conceptually could look like, how this team is going to choose to react, how this team is going to choose to try to press forward. And all that's on the content calendar. But I'm sorry that that you've grown to sour and uh, no longer listen to the show. You do end with, really hope you can change my opinion, but as of now, you've lost an everyday listener, which I doubt you care very much. Uh, Everybody has their right to their own opinion. I can tell you after probably Tuesday next week, you won't hear about the draft for nine months. Maybe I'll see you back. 419 Fan, Kyle, been listening to a year now. My buddy showed you on the way to the draft last year, and I've been hooked. Fittingly, right on cue, uh, it's a mock draft. That's been provided by 419 FinFan. But I will acknowledge the players that that were drafted. James Cook, we've talked about at length. Brandon Smith, Penn State, we've talked about at length. And what I like about the mock drafts that you guys bring to the table is it brings me new names that, like, I might not have thought to touch on for Dolphin-specific lens. Like Jalen Nager from Michigan State. Uh, Naylor's a fun football player. He's got some teams upside. Uh, he's good with the ball in his hands. He tracks the ball pretty well. Uh, I think he's a little bit of a redundant player relative to what Miami has. Uh, I would like to see them go out and get somebody else who has a little bit more size uh, alongside Preston Williams because I, I don't necessarily know that I'm comfortable with Preston Williams being your primary size guy outside of Mike Gusecki. And Luke Wattenberger from Washington. Have not mentioned his name once on this podcast. Very realistic draft candidate for the Dolphins. Uh, He's a little light in the trunk, so you worry about his functional strength. You worry about his anchor ability. Um, He went to the Shrine Bowl. I had a chance to see him out there that week. And um, 
I think he's somebody who you could probably see drafted as a developmental center type. I don't. Here's my question: Do they want more firm competition for Michael Dieter? Because if they want firm competition, I do not think that Luke Wattenberger is going to fill that void. I want to talk to you guys about my friends over at Athletic Greens. This is a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm looking to be the best version of myself that I can be. And it certainly helps me do that with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to really help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging. All of those things. And to make it easy, you get a chance to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with one scoop of in a cup of water every day. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we continue here. Next one for Jason for the Finns. Kyle, who is the best middle linebacker in the third to fourth round range that Miami has a chance to draft? I would probably say, here's what, the best linebacker that's going to be on the board is somebody who will not be able to play this year, and that's Damon Clark from LSU. Uh, he has a uh, spinal fusion surgery, I believe, uh, neck injury. So uh, he's somebody who you could draft, but you're, you're not going to experience the benefits of this year. Uh, I think Leo Chanel might get there. Maybe the league's going to covet him a little bit higher than a lot of, of sports media does. So um, those are a couple names that come to mind when you ask that question. Tyler Hughes. Kyle, I have a lot of faith in Tua, but I can't help but keep an eye on Kyler Murray. Oh, with the Dolphins having an arsenal of picks next year, as well as Kyler being seemingly unhappy in Arizona, do you see the Dolphins going after him if Tua doesn't work out? No. Uh, I, I, maybe, but I hope not. Uh, because as for as athletic and dynamic and explosive as Kyler Murray is, and he's got all the physical gifts in the world, Kyler Murray's ability to endear himself to his teammates uh, and his locker room and his coaches is something that seems to be at the root of his problems. Uh, Kyler's a different kind of cat, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you got to have the right people around that to really be energized by who he is. And I don't necessarily think Kyler in Miami with his 
attitude, I think is probably, the, I could say that, his attitude. You know, there's the, the Russell Wilson on the Manning cast talk about, hey, if I'm in this situation, I'm walking up and down the sideline, I'm telling my guys, it's possible, get ready to go, stay ready, we're going to make some plays. And the camera switches to Kyler, and he's sitting on the, the bench with his arms crossed in the fourth quarter when they're down. That's, that's, I don't think Kyler necessarily, for as good as he is, I don't think he has the intangibles factor figured out yet. And that's a challenge, right? Because it becomes, do you have to try to be somebody you're not to be better? Is that just naturally who you are? Because leading is always best when you're leading by serving as who you are at your core. So I don't think Kyler has the personality dynamic figured out yet to be the kind of quarterback that we should aspire to have. That's one thing I will say about Tua. He's pretty even keel. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Pretty professional approach. I think from the intangible, the mental intangible personality factor, Tua is ahead of Kyler Murray. It's the only, probably the only area that you could say that, but... That's how I feel about Kyler Murray as a player who's very physically talented, and there, there should be no question of that. Uh, Tipex, longtime listener. Appreciate Kyle's positive level approach to the Dolphins. I don't know about that, but I appreciate that. My question is, who is one realistic pick for each of our AFC East rivals in this year's draft that we really don't want them to get? Okay, so this is fun. I hope everybody doesn't mind that we're doing some draft content the week of the draft. But I'll start with New York. And I'll say Aiden Hutchinson. I really hope the Jets don't end up walking out of here at four with Aiden Hutchinson. But what's unfortunate sounding is that might be exactly what happens. It sounds like Trayvon Walker is going to go one to Jacksonville. It sounds like it's either Kayvon Thibodeau, who I would pick right now, or Malik Willis at two. And then at three, it sounds like it's Sauce Gardner. So there's a very realistic chance, based on what I've been hearing this week, that Aiden Hutchinson is going to be on the board with the number four overall pick. Would hate to see the Jets get a program changer to help change their program. For the New England Patriots, I guess my answer here is going to be Zion Johnson, the offensive guard from Boston College. I think he's a high, very high floor player. Uh, I don't think the cornerbacks that are, are going to be available for them that late in the first round is, is going to really strike a lot of fear in, in you. So I'll go with the best overall player that I think they could get, which would be a replacement for the best overall player that they've lost this offseason, which is Shaq Mason. So put me down for Zion Johnson. Um, and then for Buffalo, Jamison Williams. If Buffalo decides to trade up for Jamison Williams, if Jamison Williams falls in the draft because he suffered an injury, um, I think there's some concern of what that would look like. Uh, even if he's not healthy for the start of the year, Buffalo's not going to need him for the start of the year. They'll need him for the end of the year. So let's let's go ahead. We'll shout out Aiden Hutchinson, Zion Johnson, and Jamison Williams. Let's just hope those three do not call the AFC East home 
in a couple of days. I'd be thrilled with that. The next question comes from Axel and Boss. How does Miami look now? Oh, no, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like these ideas. Okay. Okay, you gave me some love at the end, so I will read this, but I am begrudgingly reading this. How does Miami look now if the 2020 draft picks are Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and Jonathan Taylor? Um, I would say this. The Dolphins' offense... Uh, would still be disappointingly bad because the offensive line has not been efficient. The offensive line has not been effective. The offensive line has been, at times, crippling. And I will say this about Justin uh, Herbert. He has a better arm to challenge more levels and more spaces of the field under duress than Tua Tagovailoa does. He's bigger and stronger than Tua Tungvaloa is. So that's that's the upside for him under pressure. But for as much as we knock Tua for decision-making under pressure, I thought a lot of his turnover plays were tight window throws that got away from him because he wasn't able to get the arm action right to throw the ball. As compared to Justin, under pressure, I think does not consistently make the same ratio of good decisions. So I think that the offensive line, there were no good offensive linemen available with either one of those two spots, right? I mean, you could have had Cesar Ruiz at 18 and just been done with it. And I think that probably would have moved the needle more than getting Justin Jefferson and Jonathan Taylor. Love your show and commercial transitions. Thank you very much. Let's go. Uh, five stars from Eric. Excellent podcast today. Tongvaloa met with the South Florida media, head of the 2022 NFL draft and offers his insight on the team directions. Excellent. So Kyle, five stars. Thank you so much for listening. MK Dolphin for life. Uh, power of the pod camp cam question. And you guys delivered big time with camp cam questions. It was a lot of fun. See what you guys cooked up. And we're going to do a follow up on that, but not yet. But, um, MK Dolphin for life did does have this one and he dropped it in here as a review. So I am obliged to read. Really appreciate what you do. I'd like to know which player puts up the most on weight on the bench press. My money is Raekwon Davis. Here's the thing about Raekwon. I'm not sure he's the answer. And here's why. Raekwon has long arms. And in the bench press field, having long arms is a detriment because you have further distance to travel with the bar. As compared to a guy who has short arms and a guy who has a a stout chest, right? Like for 225, Raekwon has 34-inch arms. And he did 225 on the bench 24 times because of just how long he has to go to get the bar down on his chest and then back up. Christian Wilkins, meanwhile, did 28 reps because he has 32 and a half inch arms. So that, that's just like a, a singular example of that. Um, but yeah, Raekwon's a tank. There's no question. But I do think his arm length probably disqualifies him from being the answer to this question that you have. 
Getting a little kinesiology action here on the pod today. That's awesome. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price is the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts today, and make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. FinFan1988. Coming out with our next question, and then we have a uh, exercise here at the end. Huge Dolphins fan, love the podcast. Always my first listen every day. Having attended the University of Kentucky, ah, we are a little bit biased, are we? Okay. As long as you acknowledge your biases, you're fine. So that I love that you fact that you came out and said, having attended the University of Kentucky, I've enjoyed hearing you talk. Prospects like Wandale Robinson, Darian Kennard, Josh Pascal, and Dare Rosenthal. I have a question, a couple of questions. Do you think Luke Fortner, the center, would be a good fit on the offensive line and would provide adequate competition for Michael Dieter? Can you see Yusef Corker being a successful safety in the NFL? I'm not sure there was a harder-hitting safety in the SEC last year. Which of these three players do you think was the best chance of joining Lynn Bowden as a member of the Dolphins? Thanks for all you do, Fins Up. This is a good question. Okay. So out of all the names, who do I think has the best chance to be a Dolphin? Not Kennard, not Pascal, based off draft projection. Wandale, another wide receiver in the range that we're expecting him to go would be a little redundant, so I'm not going to say him either. Uh, Dare Rosenthal, maybe, but he's a little too developmental in my mind to bring into the offensive line room. Uh, so I think it, it could be Corker or Fortner, to be honest with you. Uh, I do agree Corker's a, a hard hitter. He's going to have to be in the right role. I didn't see a lot of ceiling for him in coverage. I think Fortner can be the best player out of uh, all the guys realistically Miami can get. And while he's not like the ideal, wow, he's super good laterally kind of prospect, he is somebody who, I think for the Dolphins specifically, he's got a firm anchor, he wins the point of attack, and he's got enough lateral mobility that I think he could be competition, and he could be there in that third, fourth round range, predictively. So I think Fortner's the right answer here for me. Uh, and I do think he's a sufficient adequate fit on the offensive line he's not like a slam dunk holy cow but he might be that player that the value is too good to pass up there even if he is um not the, the most ideal scheme fit that's a great question though i really enjoyed that one so thank you very much um to finish today Wanted to follow up on the question that we had got from last week that was, if the Dolphins wanted to package their picks and trade up, how far up could they get? And I said, well, you could probably get into the 
top half of the third with the assets you have this year right now. So, okay, bet. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sim once to 75, and the simulator's already running, or the draftnetwork.com. Apologies for anybody who's tired of draft content. Draft is this week. It'll be over soon. Going to pause at 75, and we're going to look at who is on the board, because 75 was kind of the magic number when I added up the pick value for all the picks that the Dolphins have. And I want to see who's on the board. Bang. 75 is on the board. Denver Broncos. And read through the names and say, hey, maybe here are some trade-up candidates for the Dolphins based off of who's available. Cole Strange went at 72 to Seattle in this simulation. So he's somebody who might be in this ballpark. Leo Chanel, who we already mentioned. A couple of names for you to watch. Dylan Parham, offensive lineman from Memphis. But here are the names that are on the board. DeMarvin Leal, John Mechie, that I think are interesting to the Dolphins. Not everybody. I'm not just throwing general draft takes at you. I'm trying to pick out interesting players specifically for the Dolphins. Leal has the positional versatility to really play up and down the Dolphins' offensive or defensive line if they feel like that's uh, something that they like. Once upon a time, was considered a first-round prospect. John Mechie, the other Alabama receiver, has issues with drops, coming off a knee injury. That's why he's in this range in the draft. Uh, again, I do feel receiver would be redundant. Cam Thomas, defensive end from San Diego State. Nick Bonito, hybrid linebacker type. I think would be a really exciting dynamic addition to the front seven for the Dolphins. He's a little undersized, but he's a like a 4-5 guy rushing the passer. Very fle- flexible and fluid off the edge. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt, cornerback, Nebraska. Somebody who I think could play safety in some situations. He could play outside corner. He could play inside corner. He's an interesting player. Cam Jurgens, the center from Nebraska. Here you go. Rashad White, running back, Arizona State. Capable of uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. But what's interesting is based off like the best players available, you probably got 10, 15 names in front of Jurgens and White. And then there's Troy Anderson and Channing Tindall, the linebacker from Georgia, and James Cook, the running back from Georgia. So you could probably let this thing run a little bit, and then if you start to see a slew of these names come off the board and you panic a little bit, like I just extended the simulation and we had Benito go at 75, Leal go at 76, Taylor Britt go at 77, Cameron Thomas went at 79. Okay, now the field has suddenly whittled itself a little bit. Now you might want to think about moving if you want. Uh, So it seems like... Just based off one simulation, you're going to have to keep your eye on around 75, have your short list ready, and then see when a run on those types of names starts. And then if you look at the how many teams are picking between where you are at and uh, where the, the actual pick queue is and you have a math problem, then you can go up and get a guy. I sincerely hope everybody enjoyed today's episode of Power to the Pod. I always enjoy hearing from you, even when the feedback is um, hoping for something else other than what I provide. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we are all Dolphins fans. We all share that love. And I love this community that has been built here on Locked on Dolphins. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Hope you guys enjoy your day. Cow crabs, fins up, keep it locked in, right here on Locked on Dolphins.